I really appreciate some of the the people that were involved in our D groups doing the videos. Um, it, it is nerve wracking if you've never done it, even to sit in front of a video camera completely, totally by yourself. It is very intimidating. Uh, it's very difficult. Um, this morning, our title of our sermon, the sermon this morning, is the unexpected message. Um, we're going to get the unexpected response next week, but the unexpected message has to do with the the message that Gabriel gave to Mary. Um, but first, I want to talk about uh, some other different things. If you know anybody that's in uh, college age and would like to attend the college retreat, I have. Uh, you can contact me, message me on Facebook. I will add you. I will invite you. To, it's a private. It's a private page. It's not a private invite. If I forgot you, it was not on purpose. Okay, um, but we have we have some room left, but it's going to fill up pretty fast. Um, I'm excited about that. And also, it is 17 days till Christmas. Yeah. How many people, Christmas is your favorite time of the year? Awesome. How many people are not going to lie, they really, really, really seriously like opening presents? Yeah, that's what I thought. See, see, <laughs> right? Now, we have 17 days till Christmas. I'm going to ask some questions. You, have to, you just have to be really honest. They're not going to be personal. Okay, Nobody's going to make fun of you. Uh, we have our cameras shut off so we won't post any pictures of you raising your hand or not raising your hand. I'm, I'm just kidding. How many people are 100% totally done with your Christmas shopping? Bless you people. How many people have a little bit left to do? Will anybody be brave enough to say that they really haven't started? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, those, I, just the people that have your Christmas shopping already done. Speaking of this message, is it very unexpected, uh, your response to people when they say, hey, are you, are you done Christmas shopping? And you say yes. Is, is that unexpected to them? Do they, do they look at you kind of weird? Like I, they kind of tilt your head to the side. Unexpected messages come from everywhere. Unexpected messages come from God. Unexpected messages come from different people. Uh, we, we have unexpected messages come to us in the, in the form of encouragement. And I want to show you something. Uh, earlier in first service, he had to leave, but um, I, I will share with you about my, about my buddy that was here earlier. His name is BJ. Some of you know him. He's been here uh, several times. He lives in Missouri. But God, God just does some things sometimes that you're like, wow. You ever, you ever had something happen, you look up and go, wow, that was kind of cool? Like, you know, it's like sometimes God goes, hey, watch this. So this morning, Todd and I, Todd, our worship leader, and I have a, an acquaintance, and my sister uh, knows her as well, but there's only, I think, us three that know, that know this, this lady, and she lives in Hudsonville, and Todd uh, has an opportunity that he comes in contact with her uh, every once in a while, and Todd told her not too long ago that he was going to this pretty crazy church with the pastor that preached in shorts, and she asked my name. And he said, Matt Griswold. And she said, well, that's funny. I used to go to church with him in Hudsonville when his dad was my pastor. Tell him I said hi. So I found out over the last year or so that they knew each other. And this morning, I'm speaking on an unexpected message. That is the title of the sermon. In my backpack, in that room right now, Todd handed me this morning an envelope with a card in it. And in it, is that my phone? Oh, no, 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 it's fine. No, I thought it was my phone because I never have mine out there. That's fine, no problem. I'm turning it up. We've got music. We'll preach the music. That'd be cool. It's all right. Let's see. It's unexpected. It's unexpected. Now, I got a card this morning from a lady that I have not seen physically for 13 years. 
And she did not know that this was going to be the message, and she did not know that anything was going to go on this morning, and she most certainly just wanted to say, hey, and how you doing? I opened up that card, and I started to read it. It was crazy. It was not an email. It was not a text message. This card literally had ink that was inside a pen that she gripped, and she wrote with. It was wild. A handwritten card. And in it, she expressed the love that she had for me, the love that she had for knowing that God was using me in our church. She prays for our church. And she encouraged me on a Sunday that I am preaching the title, The Unexpected Message, I Got One. That's God. That's an affirmation of, Matt, <laughs> you got that part right. I don't always get it right. I mean, maybe, you, maybe you do. and Maybe I can need to come over and take lessons from you. But I think if we're honest, we don't always do that as well as we could. The unexpected message in the Bible is the message that eventually we'll get to that Gabriel gives to Mary. But it's not the first unexpected message given in Luke chapter 1. It's a beautiful story of, by the way, I want to I, I share something with you real quick. I want you to, to understand something. I want you, you don't have to just be like make, made up excited, but I want you to understand what kind of level of excited I am right now. Because of this promise, you ready? Did you, un- do you understand that when God made, the, he created the world and when God did all of these different things and he sent Jesus and those, those are miracles, okay? They're not humanly capable to be done. Did you know that God is still doing miracles today? Thank you. One, God is in the business of doing miracles. Now, watch, <clears throat> BJ, my buddy who is here, uh, I have a minor in anatomy and kinesiology and health, okay? I understand enough just to be dangerous, okay? So, (laughs) do you know what I call this? This is your forearm. I was talking with BJ over the weekend, and speaking of, we, I think we're so f- close and friends because we both have a whole bunch of useless information and knowledge. And when you combine it with someone else that has useless co- knowledge, it, you just like magnet, just, you just want to be around those people. But BJ said, do you know, ran- I mean randomly, we were like eating dinner the other day. He goes, hey, did you know there's 20 different muscles in that make up your forearm? What? He said all, the, all these different things, but do you understand that your mind is so complex that the world's biggest supercomputer cannot crack it? It cannot understand the things, it cannot compute the things that our body is capable of doing. And when God says that the human body is intricately made, he's telling you the truth. The unexpected message this morning may be this. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you're having a really hard time. Let me tell you something. If you're having a day that seems quote unquote impossible, it's okay to be emotional here. You cry, you let God know, and he, he understands this is a place to heal. You have people around you that love you, they will pray for you. I'm not, I am absolutely certain today that there are people that are facing mountains of what looks like impossibility in their life. They do not have a spiritual crane, a wrecking ball, a piece of dynamite. They do not have anything. They're physically staring at this mountain in front of them right now. And this morning, God wants to say, hey, guess what I got for you? It's an unexpected message. You came to hear Matt talk about Christmas, but listen what I'm going to tell you. We're going to deal with the Christmas story. We're going to talk about the, the, the coming of Jesus in a couple weeks and today, uh, the events leading up to that. But I'm telling you right now, God is still in the business of doing miracles. I'll show you one. You ready? For some reason, for some reason, God allowed his son 
to die for me. And I am a pathetic, horrible, awful sinner. That I can claim that what Jesus did on the cross was for me. I can accept him into my life. And God takes all of my bad stuff. He, call, he gives me Jesus and he said, we're even. That is a miracle. That is, is an absolute Beyond belief, you're never going to understand that this side of heaven, God is bigger than you can comprehend, miracle. I've only had one cup of coffee, I promise. But I'm telling you, this is, this is such a big deal. Last week we talked about the Old Testament people looking at the prophecies of the prophets, of the soon to come, the soon to come, Messiah. 700 years Prior to Jesus being born, we studied last week about the Zoroastrian, the the wise men, that it was Daniel, while in captivity in Babylon, the the, the Zoroastrian people were asking Daniel, a prophet of God, what the dream was. They were talking about the star of Bethlehem in in astrology, and 700 years before Christ is born, Daniel teaches the wise men's people about the prophecy of the star of Bethlehem. So it's no surprise that we see them, the wise men come. And we joked about the wise men not being at the nativity scene. So if you have the, the nativity set in your yard, just put the wise men on the edge of your yard. Uh, by the way, did you, know that the, did you know that the wise men were the first firefighters recorded in the Bible? They came from afar. That was so good. Now, Zach didn't ruin it for me. I already told him. So anyway... We're talking this morning about something that is incredible. These Old Testament people, everything was going to be to the future. The Messiah was going to come. And they taught. We saw Jacob teach his sons on his deathbed, basically. Taught his sons, and he says, you teach your sons. You teach your sons. They teach their sons. You have to keep going until he comes. The problem now is today that he's already come, and people aren't getting told about him, and they're dying, and they're going to hell. That's the truth. currently right now in the state of Illinois, you walk by Kroger, if you put the state on an average, three out of four people, just under three out of four people that you walk by do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that doesn't make you sad and it doesn't pull at you about what can I do more, it should. All of these things happened to us in the past, but for these people we studied about last week, it was all forward. So, Did you know to God currently right now, it doesn't have, it's, it's not 11.33 a.m.? It's not. And heaven time doesn't exist because it doesn't have to. Okay? How many people have ever ordered something online and it came late? <laughs> How many people have ever ordered something online or ordered something from someone and it came to you and it was damaged? we had some summer sausage sent from North Dakota and one of the boxes perished along the way I mean I'm cool with like losing a sweater but I don't want to lose sausage right and the guy goes well I can make you some more I said well your timing doesn't match mine because I want the sausage right so our timing doesn't always anybody ever work overtime that you weren't expecting to work overtime when you went into work? 
Oh, yeah, my, yes, I have. Now, watch. Did you expect to do that? Unless they would have given you a heads up, probably not. Or some of you would even answer that, well, yeah, I expect it because my, my, my boss is just a jerk. Okay, well, <laughs> there are things that come up unexpectedly all the time in our life. There are some of you right now that if I walked up to you because of your age, just because of your age, you're, you reach a point where you cannot have children anymore, and you would be blown away if I walked up to you and said, hey, next week you're going to have, or in the next nine months, you're going to be parents again. To some of you right now, your hearts just started racing a little bit more. Some of you have enjoyed empty nesting it, okay? Some of you enjoyed going to see your grandkids and, and, and different things. You've raised your children out of the house. It would be absolute, just crazyville, right? Oftentimes, God has things for us that we think are unexpected, that are 100% on purpose. Do not miss this point. Do not miss this point. Oftentimes, God would say, I have a job for you to do, Matt. I've called you to do this, Matt. I've called you to do this. Insert your name. Now, here's the problem. When God says that to us, what we'd like to do is we'd like to pick up our phone and like, okay, hey, God, you call me to do what? You have the wrong number. You have the wrong number. I can't do that. In fact, I remember when God was calling me to, to be a pastor, and I just did not. I even helped God out. Have you ever tried to help God out? I even gave God a list of 10 guys that would be better and more proficient at doing this than me. Like he doesn't know. Okay? I, I gave God a list. I said, hey, this guy would be much better at that. I'll do this. I'm not calling him. Yeah, God, I think you have the wrong. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. We think that God has, he dialed the wrong number. He didn't dial the wrong number. But we see that mountain of like scared and we're like, oh, I don't know about that. If God calls you to do something and to serve in an area or to do different things and he's calling you, he's not got the wrong number because he doesn't mess up. He's calling you. And some people came in this morning going, hey, I wonder if Matt's going to preach about a little baby Jesus born in Bethlehem. And I am. But what you're going to find is there's much more to this story than just that because there were unexpected messages before this scene. If you want to look in your worship handout at, with the first, at the first blank, look. When God promises you something, you can expect it to be right on time. <laughs> how many of you, if you are honest, okay, if you are being honest, how many people think that whenever God answered a prayer, he was a little bit early? Has he ever been a little bit early? He was a whole lot early with me. 100% early. Mike meets with me one day, and he goes, hey, God's told me something. Listen, I'm telling you right now, when somebody ha- is, he's, and he wasn't blowing, and he wasn't, being, he wasn't being arrogant, he was telling me something that God told him. He said, hey, you're going to be the next pastor of connection. Like, first of all, I almost spit my drink on him. Then I said, no, you can't be saying that because I'm not called to do that, knowing I was. And I said, I said, no, I don't want to do that. And he goes, I'm not telling you if you want to. I'm telling you God called you to do this. These, these young guys, especially the guys, I've got to share some time with them. And I want, to show, I want to share with you something that you would never hear from them. Because they have really awesome parents that raised them up to not be arrogant and full of themselves. They would never tell you this, but are you Ready? 
There are world difference makers sitting in this church right now that have been given the calling of God on their life to impact people that are not around here. I'm I'm just telling you that. I'm not being Isaiah the prophet. I'm telling you that God has gifted these young men and women in our youth group to take this way beyond Mount Vernon. But the only way that it gets beyond Mount Vernon is if they understand, number one, that God didn't get a wrong number. They answer the phone. They do what it says and expect God to be right on time. Now, how many people have ever thought God has been way late? Yes? Yeah. Hey, God, we've been praying about this for a long time. As if God does not know. Right? We, I have literally prayed sometimes. I said, God, I've been praying about this for a long time. To the God who knows the number of hairs or less than on your head, to he who knows you completely, totally, intimately, the worst sin you've ever known, he knows that he, okay? He knows that you're, he knows you. And you say, God, I've been praying about this for a long time. Duh. He, I think God answers people in duh sometimes. Hey, God. Hey, I've been praying about this for a long time. Just appreciate you. Thank you for answering. But next time, can we make it shorter than 10 years? See, that's a problem. We like to just talk smack. But the problem is God says, no, you needed 10 years to get mature enough. You needed 10 years to grow enough. I'm telling you right now, I will not. And BJ was here this morning. John McCarroll is a friend of both of ours. He's a fraternity brother with ours, of ours. 18 years, I refuse to quit. I refuse because what I think is, God, I shared the gospel with John in 2001. Why couldn't you just let him get saved like BJ did? I was, I was, I was told to not share the gospel with BJ. He's not, he doesn't do that. His life doesn't revolve around church. He's not that. Listen, I didn't, I didn't just get to share the gospel with him. Me and a friend got to share the gospel with him. He got saved. We called my parents at 3 a.m. And the next time we were home for Christmas at our church, I got to help baptize him. That's a miracle. If you knew him, I'm telling you right now, that is a miracle. There are people in here that have bowed depression and addictions and different things like this. And the fact that you're standing here and you walked in on your own power this morning and you're not dead is a miracle. And you know what I'm talking about. It's a miracle that I'm here. Like I, I told Rick this morning, I came in. I said, Rick, it's such a great day. He goes, okay. I think he looked at me like I had way too much coffee already. But I said, dude, it's a great day. Jesus saved my life, and the sun is shining. We don't need anything else. We don't. God is right on time. Yeah, I wrote this two weeks ago, and I got my card from my friend this morning. Right on time. She knew exactly. I could, if I read that card to you, it would make sense to you because you're not me and you don't go through what I go through. I'm telling you, it was right on the money, right when I need it. God's promises are on time. Look at the next blank in your worship hand now. We also have to understand that God's timing and hours, I know that some of you know this, do not match all the time. You ever pray for something and then it's like you're looking at God going, excuse me, excuse me, do you know what time it is? It's really funny because God goes, no. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. 
I said, do you know what time it is? God, I asked for this. Listen, if Am- anybody, anybody ever have an Amazon box show up at your house that you maybe possibly ordered something off Amazon? Okay. If Amazon would call you and say, your package is going to be there at 4 o'clock, some of us in the room, I won't name names, none of my business, but I would guess, if they scheduled a, that is going to drop off at 4 o'clock, at 4.03, you did not have your package, you'd be calling Amazon. Where's my package? Right? Right? Did you know that we do the same thing with God? God, I'm tired of praying for this. You should have answered it. Listen, you're lucky that God doesn't breathe on you and evaporate your soul. To put it plainly. <laughs> you could just cease to exist. Listen, our timing and God's timing do not match up unless your heart matches his. Psalms 37.4 talks about the desires of your heart. Talks about God giving you the desires of your heart. Now watch. It doesn't mean necessarily that God gives you everything that you want. It's that you're following him so closely that your will and his will match. And what he has you do, you are in love with. See, I can't not preach. I can't not, I can't not do it. I had a person call me this week that said, hey, I need some advice about this, about going to this church. They don't live around here. This church or this church or this church. What, 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 do, you, what do you think? I said, you need to find some place that you can't not attend. What's that mean? You go to find some place that they preach God's word, that you think God has for you, that you can plug in and you can spend a long time there. Huh. But you have to find a place or something that you can't not do. We must be faithful to his promises. God says, I was arguing, I was arguing with my wife one day. I know that shocks to you um, because she's, everybody thinks Mary G is perfect. But anyway, she's not. I just want to tell you that. She's in New York, so I can get away with that. Um, so, no, she's really not perfect. But wait, I'm not either. I'm mostly the cause of most of the arguments. And I was, I was, I was saying things that maybe you've said before. Okay, I said these things to God. Ready? It's not fair. So-and-so has it easier than me. So-and-so makes more money than me. So-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And I was just having this I was having this conversation with God out loud and at home. You guys have those conversations? Maybe in front of your mate? <laughs> I just wish that God would do this. I just wish God would do this. And she's just sitting over here soaking it up until she has enough of me complaining. She lets me vent. But coming from this side of the living room, she said, excuse me, I'm in a great mood to hear advice at this point. That's sarcasm. And I look over and I go, What? She goes, why don't you quit going to the pity party and wallowing around in your stuff and pack up your bags from the pity party and leave? So I left the house. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't. She's exactly right. She goes, it's okay to be disappointed. There are emotions that are God-given and they're okay. It is okay to go to the pity party, but dadgummit, you have to leave. And she told me, she said, you have to get out of that. And then she proceeds to get up. I knew this was getting serious. She got up and walked towards me. And I'm like, hmm. She, she's a petite woman. I'm telling you, I'm terrified of the lady, okay? She sharpens her elbows. They're really sharp. 
<laughs> she, gets, she comes at me and she said, when is the last time that God has been unfaithful in something that he has promised us that he wanted us to do? <sighs> Here we go again. Never. And she said, okay, now, now I want you to tell me again until you believe it. Never. You don't believe that until I finally said, he's never, he's never let us down. Good. Now we can start and go forward. God does not mess up on timing. If he calls you on your spiritual phone, he doesn't have a wrong number because he can't call a wrong number. He doesn't. But God is definitely faithful to his promises. He is still in the miracle business. Look at verse 26 in chapter 1 of Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Oh, good, Elizabeth. This is before Luke chapter 2. This is Luke 1. This is the first visit of Gabriel. Okay? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, that's not underlined in your Bible. I underlined it because that's a prophecy. There's another prophecy in there. A virgin named Mary. The baby was going to, Jesus was going to be born. Now, God is in the miracle business. True or false? Okay. Elizabeth's husband's name is Zechariah. He's a priest in the temple. They work, they, they work a week and they get to go home and they, they take time going to and from and he's working at the temple. Zechariah is an older man. He's a priest. He's a highly sought after, respected individual that is shamed because he does not have any kids and he's an old man. Shame. Elizabeth is his wife. Well, the sixth month of the pregnancy, how'd she get pregnant? In chapter one, Zechariah is working in the temple. Gabriel makes his first visit of Luke to Zechariah. It's important. It's important. Mary and Elizabeth are cousins. This is very important. Gabriel comes to Zechariah he says, hey, he also says, hey, don't be afraid. Angels have a pattern of doing that in the Bible, okay? He says, hey, don't be afraid. You and your wife are going to have a son, not just a baby, he called it, a son. And then he says this, not only are you gonna have a son, he's gonna be as powerful as Elijah. Elijah is an all-star, okay? He's unreal. Elijah is the guy that brought fire down from heaven, Okay, so this would be no different than you're going to have a you're going to have a son, and he's going to be as good at basketball as Michael Jordan. Which, if you guys don't know, he's the best basketball player that's ever played. It's not that LeBron guy. So, <laughs> anyway. Zechariah is in the temple. The angel Gabriel comes to him and he says this. You and your wife are going to become pregnant. And the son that you have is going to be as powerful as Elijah. And he is going to be the path maker for the Messiah. This is what Zechariah does. Ready? <laughs> You're right. He's an old man. He's past the stage of life where people would not just be naturally having kids. So... I'm not saying, ladies, that you can pray for this for your husband, but here's the deal. Zechariah doubts Gabriel, who comes from the presence of God, and an exclamation points in your Bible. The angel Gabriel says, 
I come from the presence of God because you doubted you will not speak until your son is born. Lady, that's nine months without your husband talking. That's rough. He got one chance. Look at this. He got one chance to say, so be it, or that would be awesome. But he said, yeah, right. Nine months, writing on a tablet. What do you want to eat? <laughs> you could never win an argument on a piece of paper. <laughs> There's no, they just walk away, okay? So they go, he goes home from the temple. The Bible says that he goes home. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. It's a miracle. It is a physical miracle. She's past, she's past the stage of life to be able to have a child. So she's joyful. Six months. Elizabeth has always wanted a baby, and she's excited. So at this exact time, the sixth month of her pregnancy, God sends Gabriel to another place. He sends Gabriel to Nazareth to talk to Mary. She was engaged to, be a, to, to marry a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. It's highly important because you have to look at genealogy. How many people have ever read the first chapter of Matthew? Begat, 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 begat. That means son of, son of. Okay. Begat, 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 begat. All blah, 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 blah. Jesus. I'll just give you the fast version. In it, it's King David. And Jesus is at the end. It's a, it's a lineage prophecy that was given in the Old Testament. It would become, Jesus, the Messiah would come out of the house of David. So Gabriel shows up and talks to this Mary, this Mary girl. She's unassuming she doesn't have any money. She's awful, probably awfully poor. She, she has no land. Her parents are not loaded. They do not have a lot of money. She's beyond ordinary, in fact, probably lower class economically by a long shot. She's a woman, so she doesn't have a voice in anything at that time. She's basically considered property, and she's never been with a man. She's engaged, okay? Sometimes the engagement could last between one and two years without... Um, uh, with, with, the, with the couple dating or courting, okay? I'm going to say this one time. I know that we have medical stuff now. Listen to me. At this time in history, it is impossible for a person that has never been intimate with another person to have a child Explain a different way. You have a male cocker spaniel here in this cage. A female cocker spaniel in this cage. The cages do not get together. They're, they're solitarily beside them and off to the side. They cannot, get, they, cannot, they cannot be around each other. It is 100% impossible that between those two dogs you cannot have puppies. And the chances are really high that if your parents did not have children, neither will you. Some of you about 2 o'clock will go, dude, that was funny. <laughs> it's impossible. Now watch. It's stated in Scripture that it's impossible. It's a physical impossibility, so if it happens, it's only a miracle from God. It's the only way it can happen. They did not have medical things that we have today. Look at verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said... I really, really, really would like to know what actually that verb means. Like, did, I mean, I like to think my mind is just weird, but like if 
Gabriel, I mean, Gabriel's an archangel. I mean, he's a big deal. Could he, like, come in on, like, maybe a hoverboard? Something cool. Trapeze, okay? I, I, something neat. It's just that he appears. <laughs> what if an angel shows up behind you in your kitchen today and you turn around? What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're either going to use the bathroom really quick or you're going to fall down and pass out. There was a, there was a, the best Christmas, no, it wasn't the best, uh, what was the name of that? My sister's not in here. There was a, we did a, a, a Western, a Western Christmas pageant for unto y'all. <clears throat> I was Gabriel. I thought it was because it was the coolest outfit. My mom said it was because I was the loudest. So there we go. Gabriel had to announce things. Now here's the deal. We would hear the William Tell overture, and here I would come from the back of the church. White pants, white shirt, white cowboy hat, white mask, riding a stick horse. Oh, it's highly awesome because that, I, that video still exists, and I'm scared. Anyway, I would come up, and the, I used to coach and teach with, the, with this lady. Her name's Jessica, and, and we were in the youth group together, and every time I would come in, I would say, hey, you're going to have a baby and as soon as I would get that out of my mouth, it was funny, and she would just poof, fall, she would fall down. That's a funny way to look at this, but there's a, a very slim possibility that someone just wouldn't like lose their mind at this. Every time the angels show up, they're like, hey, hey chill, 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 chill. <laughs> they go to the shepherds, don't be afraid. They go to somebody else, don't be afraid. I don't know what these people look like, but it says, don't be afraid. <laughs> Gabriel Pierce, greetings, favored woman. Still in the Catholic Church today. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Talking about Mary. She's still held in exceptionally high regard. Says, the Lord is with you. Number tw- Verse 29. Okay, these, yeah, confused and disturbed. 100%, right? So, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So she's trying to put two and two together. Gabriel keeps on speaking. He says this, don't be afraid, Mary. There it is. Don't be afraid. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Yes, Mary found favor. But now think about all of the not fair times Mary would have to deal with in her life. She's not been with Joseph, but she's pregnant. There is not a single soul on this earth that is going to believe her. She's going to be called every name that you can possibly think of. Joseph is going to be ashamed. There's going to be guilt. There's going to be all these different things. And there's guilt, and he didn't even do anything. See, it's not fair. (laughs) We have a job to do for God, and it is not always fair. But look at this, these beautiful words. You have found favor with God. She obviously was raised in a home that taught about the coming Messiah. That's, that's the only way she knows what's going on. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. She said, he says, you're going to become pregnant. You're going to have a boy. And it even goes so far as to say this, and you will name him Jesus. That's not a name. That's the name above all other names. Mary, 
you're going to become pregnant, you're going to have a son, you're going to name him Jesus, and basically, he is the savior of the world, he come, he's come to save us. <laughs> Unassuming young lady. Look, he says, he keeps going, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of your ancestor, David. Gabriel's mouth keeps fulfilling prophecy. It is one thing to have Jesus never broken a, broken a bone and fulfill that prophecy. It is a whole nother one out of the 300 and some prophecies. I have a hard time feeling why they don't just go to this one that, he, that the Messiah will be born of a virgin and just stop there. None of us had that happen. And by the way, none of, every one of us was born. He was sent. He had an original address that was not here. His zip code is not earth. That is not where he's from. You want to talk about not fair. How about coming from Jesus' hometown to earth and being encapsulized with, this, with a body like this? You're Jesus. And you've got to put up with being in a shell and a limit, a, like a limiting. He can't, he can't do everything. He was fully man. Mary gets this news about this beautiful baby that they're going to have. All of the hoping, all of the praying, all of the prophesying from the Old Testament was nine months away. All of it. David calls Jesus the son of man 700 years before he's born. This is not chance. This is 100% awesome. Unexpected message to an unexpected person. Look at verse 33. Gabriel is not done giving absolute specifics. And he will reign over Israel forever. Forever. His kingdom will never end. In biblical times, the word kingdom was a big deal. There were kingdoms everywhere. But every kingdom that has existed on earth has or will fall to someone else. That is a capital K in kingdom. That is heaven kingdom. Jesus' kingdom. It's his. He will reign forever in charge and it will never end. That's eternity. Mary asked the angel a very, very right question. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. It's an impossibility. The problem is, if we take something like this, yes, it is an impossibility. Sometimes, I'm just relating us to Mary. I'm not telling you that you're Mary. You're not going to have Jesus as a son, okay? I taught school. I've never taught a Jesus. Just saying. For real. <laughs> so, a lot, of these, a lot of us, we go through this life and we think that we're right here and we have to move through this thing and this is a big mountain or there's a big ditch or there's a big river or a huge thing and we're scared to death of it. We never get past it. And we say, God, this is impossible. We say we can't like get through our week because we can't get along with somebody at work and it's impossible. God overshadows a 14-year-old girl and she is pregnant with the Savior of the world. 
And we can't get along with somebody or we can't, we can't, we can't think that this impossibility will go away. He raised his son from the dead. For us, it doesn't get much more final than death. <laughs> How can this happen, she said. A very right question. <laughs> what? I, read, I read this and I go, well, that's kind of the duh question. Like, yeah. Ladies, I'm not going to ask you out loud, but in your head, what kind of questions would you ask if you were married? All these different emotions just begin going through her. Yes, she's highly favored. Highly. But with that favor comes much responsibility, much grief, much sorrow. Later on in the passage, whenever Jesus is born, it said, but Mary said nothing and she kept everything and all the thoughts to herself. Can you imagine that she would probably have to re-dig those thoughts out as she looked up on a cross later in Jesus' life? Knowing that she knew why he came. She knew why he came. In verse 35, we learn about the process. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. There's no human interference with this. If it was two humans, then the baby's born with the human selfish attitude in, inside it. This is, this is a holy child. It's a perfect baby. It is not, it's not human. It is not a human relationship that it forms this baby. In verse 36, he goes on. He says, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Mary, I had a hard time. I read this scripture like 17 times. Mary is under the age of 15. Just, I mean, ah, it's different times. My oldest daughter is 11. There's no way. She can't date till she's 40, so she's not ready for a kid now. So, I'm just kidding. Not really. And... She's just been told that she's going to have the Savior of the world and she is going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Whatever that means. She can't explain this. But it says, she, her response is next week on what she said to Gabriel and it's absolutely flawless. She's had a pretty big day. Yes? <laughs> just a large day. Then, she has this cousin named Elizabeth, Zechariah's wife, and the angel is the one who tells Mary about Elizabeth. She says, yeah, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant. They didn't have text messages. Elizabeth didn't text or Facebook Mary. People used to say she was barren, but now she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Gabriel told Zechariah that they were going to have a son. He says now she's pregnant six months with a son, for nothing is impossible with God. Elizabeth will have earthly Jesus' second cousin named John the Baptist who will be the preparer for the way, capital W, Jesus. It says, it says eventually when, when Mary goes and visits Elizabeth that the baby leaps inside her just from being around Mary pregnant with the Son of God. Just from being around him. It says that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, these two babies 
are not normal. We have the preparer and the way. Nothing is impossible. Some of us are going through some stuff this week that we've heard news, not like this, but we've heard news. We think it's absolutely impossible. It can't happen. I've been through this. I've been through this. I'm going through this. You lose jobs. People, there's all kinds of conflict that we go through as people. We're carnal. We, have, we don't last forever. And we go through all these things saying we can't do anything. We can't, we can't get past this. Underline verse 37. There's nothing impos- is impossible with God. But I look at God. I look at God and say, you cannot, you cannot help me. I'm talking to these people and they won't get it through their head. It's impossible. And God goes, no, it's not. I finally got through to you. And I go, God, this is, this is impossible. I remember I had a conversation with our former pastor and I was just having a fit. You ever had a fit as an adult? I'm the only one? Cool. Thanks for making me feel great. <laughs> Our pastor has fits. Okay, that's fine. Now, I was having an absolute just venting party with Mike. And that, if you knew Mike, that didn't go well. He would let you vent and he would go. It didn't, it didn't, yeah, <laughs> amen. <laughs> didn't go well. So I was venting and I was venting and I was venting and I said, it's just, it's just an impossibility. And it was something that was exceptionally possible if I gave God time to work. But Matt was being instant. Mike's, Mike's question to me, after I got done venting about how impossible this situation was, was this. Are you telling me that the God who spoke the universe into existence cannot handle your personal agenda? I guess. <laughs> we, but it gets so big, doesn't it? A little bitty problem that is not going to last forever seems like it's just huge. Make a mountain out of a molehill. We do it spiritually all the time. All the time. So Gabriel gives this message. We need this today because there are situations in life that do not, they think, you think they're too dark to get past. You don't think the tunnel's ever going to end in the dark. It does. It does. I promise you. And I've been on that train too. But you, you, are, you are where you're supposed to be. You, God, when he calls you to do something, he does not call the wrong number. He can't do it. Here's the problem. Nothing is impossible with God. Ready? I'm joining you on this boat before I say this because it's not any fun to hear. Ready? Nothing is impossible with God if you let God be God and you be you. No more playing God. No more, I got this, I'll take care of it myself. That worked really well for Adam and Eve. They had a job. One, don't eat. We are here now, okay? Now listen, we, we, for nothing is impossible with God, but if we let God be God, we don't limit him. And we limit God all the time. All the time. The lady that wrote the encouragement card to me today that I got on a Sunday that's called the unexpected message. People, come on. <laughs> I get this, this lady, I was asked a couple weeks ago about parking lot, the concrete, and how much we owed on the building. I just flat told the person what we owed to do both. 
And they're like, well, it costs that much for the parking lot? I said, no, but if you spend this much money, you pay off the church too. It's a double win. And they looked at me like I was completely, totally insane. They're like, you talk about money like it's not a big, that's, he goes, that's a lot of money. I go, I've never even had that much money. But the God that I serve owns cattle on a thousand hills. You are literally holding on to money that somebody else eventually is going to get. Don't believe me? Break a hundred dollar bill, see how fast it goes away. So this, this lady that sent me, this, this is the reason that I do not have a problem with God just sending somebody here that's just going to do something crazy financially because he's blessed them. Ready? The lady that sent me the card was in a business meeting one time at Hudsonville Church, and she came to me and my dad. I was a trustee. She came to us after the meeting, and she said, we are a church of 75 people. In the last 12 months, we have seen 76 people come to Christ. We were running 150 people in a town of 600 I'm not good at math. That's 25. No. No. Yes. It's 25%. 150 people in a town of 600 making a huge impact. Are you ready? Watch. She goes, we need more space. I said, yes. And we had a room divided into three, three different things, three different classes in the same room. You hear everybody's conversations. Everybody just talked the same thing. <laughs> and she said, I've been following the studies and stuff that you guys have done. She goes, next Wednesday night, when you guys vote, if the church votes to build a building and bigger room, you give them this. That's the lady that wrote a check for $496,000. The next Wednesday night comes, the church votes to not build. I had to give a half a million dollar check back to a lady and she ripped it up because we limited God. We limited God. As of a couple weeks ago, the church is running 30. Listen, I'm telling you right now, there are consequences for limiting God. We need, that's why I have no problem. Somebody asked me how much it is for the concrete. I'll tell you. I don't care if it's one person or seven. Don't care. It'd be cool. Pay off a church. I don't care. Things like that don't matter. There, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Look at the last worship hand on your, in your blanks. Just because we think that God is asking us to do the impossible doesn't mean it is. Now, that's where you get into limiting God. Matt, I need you to be this. I do. You ever tell God this? Um, that's just not for me. It's just, not, it's just not my thing. Really. Because he created you. He knows you. He knows why he made you. God is asking us to do what he wants. God leads you to something. He's, you're going through something right now. There is nothing that is impossible with God. That was one of the, my, my, my things I would say as Gabriel and, and Jessica, my, who played Mary, would say, well, I, I can't have a baby because I've, I've, well, and she'd pass out again. Like, it was really funny in the, in the play. And I said, oh, you know, that, this is getting pretty serious. And then one of, the, one of the songs that I sang was, there ain't nothing the Lord can't do. And yes, they said ain't. I did. Okay, there ain't nothing the Lord can't do. There's nothing impossible. There's nothing, there's nothing that is impossible for God. The only way it becomes impossible is if we limit God or you're going after something that God doesn't want you to go after. 
This, this, this message of the coming Savior came as an impossibility to an unexpected person. And next week we're going to talk about what she says because it's something that you and I do not say enough when we're asked to do something. God has a message for you today. Some of you came in this morning and think, well, I was hoping to hear a Christmas story and that's not what I got. Some of you didn't expect for me to say that God loves you so much. Some of you did not expect me to say God loves you so much no matter what you've done in this life and I don't care what you've done. I don't care. You cannot do anything to make, you, to make God love you less and you can't do anything to make him love you more. He loves you because he loves you. Period, end of story. You do not get an argument in it. He said it. He loves us. You didn't expect me to hear or you to hear the unexpected love that God has for us. He sent a son so that we can celebrate Christmas. But without Christmas, you can't have Easter. And without Easter, we have no hope of eternal in heaven with God. That's it. We do not have it. God knew you were going to be here today. I didn't. God knew exactly where you were going to be today. Exactly who's going to hear this online. Exactly what we needed to hear. So how about this? What is God calling you to do? What is he calling you to do as far as serving? Where is he calling you to go evangelize? Is he calling you to to share the gospel when you go to lunch? I know the answer to that. Really? Ready? Yes. Show love to people. I have trouble talking with people. Fine. Love them. Period. They will know us by our love. Because the love that we speak in our actions, currently right now in this world, in this community, is something that people find totally unexpected. They think that you're there to take, not to give. Our job is to love them well. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so blessed, God, to be able to come to celebrate the birth of your son. To celebrate, God, that you are still in the miracle-making business. God, whatever is going on, if there is sickness, God, if there is stuff, just people that are hurting, people are sorrowful, God, I pray right now. It's a miracle that you hear me. And God, it's also a miracle when, you, when we ask things, you do them. God, I pray that you would just hug those people. Let them know that there's other people that love them very much. That we will walk beside them, not talk down to them. God, help us to show love to people that we come in contact with this week. Help us to show them what was probably going to be unexpected to them. God, help us to be different. Help us to hear what you say, to not limit you, and to step out like we've never stepped out before. We love you, God. We're so thankful for this season. We're so thankful for the people that came and worshiped with us this morning. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.